episode 176 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal De Quincy. Yo, happy new year, everybody. We made it. Made it to another year. Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just uh, recovering from a busy week. Oh, yeah. Busy start to the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been crazy. Um, I know I said that we do like a podcast for the new year. Obviously, that didn't happen. Oh, we're back now. Um, this man, this last two weeks has been nuts. Um, coronavirus has been running the streets like Omar. Um, yeah, RIP. Yeah, all right, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, shit, that's nothing. I forgot that he had passed away. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, at my wife's uh, job, there's been cases flowing around. At my job, they're trying to triple and quadruple like um sanitation practices practices jeez like they're trying like they kind of had relaxed on the mass mandate now it's back up it's back mm-hmm. yeah my job like if you're not you don't show proof of your vaccination you have to send in a um a covid test on the first and the 15th of every month dang mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm really not, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it jumps up to you like, you got to do it every week. That's a lot of nose jabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got people that come in, they go, and um, like so many people just burning through vacation time because we're no longer getting those COVID weeks. But, right. But we're vaccinating moderately safe over here. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've done all we we've done all we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just sucks. I wish uh, we could find the test out in the wild, but they're damn near impossible to find now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we went to um, so went to Walgreens for uh, my son's uh, COVID shots, and for a second one while we were leaving, I saw um, they had their COVID test by the door. Yeah. They had a full like rack of them. I was like, "Oh, well, then, well, they have a lot." I'm sure that I come back and grab one. Two weeks later, <laughs> all gone. <laughs> and what's crazy? If you like, want the um, not the rapid one, but the regular COVID test, mm-hmm. like it's like a two week wait. Yeah, everybody's backed up. Even mm-hmm. the like, like even the non take home tests are backed up. Yeah, so it's like if even. By the time I get the test to see if I contracted it, I've already uh, <laughs> yeah, I've already had it and came out on the other side. Man, it's just crazy. I feel like we talk about COVID every every every, year every, every podcast starts with COVID. Everyone that's <laughs> it's all the rage. It's what it's all the kids are talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of kids, my son, um, he went to his friend's uh, birthday party 
yesterday was yesterday he's giving commentary from the balcony <laughs> yeah it was yesterday so it went over to his friend's house and um first off her her parents um two uh lovely guys um beautiful house like i felt out of place stepping in there <laughs> i looked around like oh i am too poor for this place uh but no it was great um had an excellent time and like i'm one of those people who's like i don't really talk to people anymore because of the pandemic so mm-hmm. the only people i talk to on a on like even a weekly basis would be you my family or like my coworkers. so it's like you're going to, this, to meet all these um these parents and it's like oh i told one of the guys i was like i don't know how to start conversations anymore it's like oh do you like sports ball <laughs> like how, what do you say and also it's like i feel like oh these people are too fancy they're gonna be in here talking about stocks and bitcoin i'm gonna be outside my <laughs> and, and uh, you know realtor deals i'm like oh would hey. you like to, would you like to talk about the Astros? <laughs> Jump into the metaverse. Maybe yeah. they'll, you know, you'll learn something there. I don't know. Yeah. But thankfully I found some parents that were kind of out of place like me and we got to talking about Spider-Man and uh, they were and coincidence, they were like my their son is like my son's best friend. So we just hit it off. Perfect. So we got play plays, everything like that. Uh so yeah. You know, I was really nervous, you know, going to actually talk to other humans. <laughs> and of course, we were the only black people there. <laughs> yes, you are. Look at him trying to betray us. <laughs> trying to betray the black people. Right on. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I can imagine that being, uh, that's just a. Uh... The cherry on top of the uncomfortable mm-hmm. ice cream sundae. You never know what they're thinking about. I'm not walking because it's obviously a nice, richer neighborhood I'm used to. So they probably saw me walking like, oh, guys, here comes Black Lives Matter. <laughs> I'm surprised no one came up to me and pulled the um, uh, get out line, be like, oh, I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could have. <laughs> But nah, it was cool. I, those people were, or the the parents were all great. The kids were rambunctious as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the cake in the world. It was it was great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. He said he wish he had your your phone number because uh, he has his own hit uh, cell phone. And while we were over there, he was taking these long ass videos. <laughs> like he took like an eight, nine minute video and tried to send it to his mother. And the phone was like, hold on, bro. <laughs> I don't think so. He's young. He'll, he'll get the hang of it. He'll learn all about data cap soon enough. <laughs> but anyway, enough about me and my family. What about you, man? How are you and yours? Oh, everybody's good, man. Just, you know, trying to stay healthy. And uh, um, that's about it, man. Uh, you know, everybody's fully vaxxed and, um, you know, just doing, doing what we can. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've been going out a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend from, had a friend in town. Uh, hadn't seen in a couple of years. So we all had like a get together a couple of times this week. And, but, you know, I, I felt, felt pretty safe for the most part. Um, you know, we just try to keep our distance from, you know, the rest of the crowd, I guess. And uh, that's about it. But, you know, like at this point, it's like 
it's what is it? It's a a year ago today that like I I was dealing with it. I had mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, I was positive with COVID a year ago. Um, gotten my you know first two doses, and then I got my booster like you know I think three months ago, four months mm-hmm. ago now. So you know, you know, I still wear a mask whenever I go out to most places. So it's like I feel like I'm doing you know doing all I can, you know, <laughs> I don't know much, what more I could do besides holding myself up, you know, becoming a bubble boy. That's the last step. <laughs> yeah. right, so, man. you know, just try to navigate those waters that, um, that get murkier and murkier e- each week. It seems like, yeah, there's some new wave that, you know, we have to deal with. Yeah. Hopefully God willing, this is the last one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you look at how the last two years have been, eventually it's going to evolve and the Omega variant's going to take out like 20% of the population. Oh, God, don't say that. It feels like everyone that's come out has just been like the precursor to the worst one. Right. Like this one, the Omicron variant spreading like crazy and like every doctor will tell you like the more chance it has to chance the more opportunity it has to spread the more chance the higher chance it mutates mm-hmm. so it feels like soon we're going to get that omega variant that's going to just be running through the midwest and the south and just knocking out unvaccinated people at like a i don't know a 40 percent clip jeez But then that's the time that they'll be, you know, in the hospital begging for the vaccine they should have took a year ago. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, let's get out of real life suppressing news and let's go into some fake sometimes depressing news. Let's talk about the world of wrestling. <laughs> Always a good way to start the year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot to talk about to start the year. Like, mm-hmm. it's usually not this busy. Um, what, nine days into the new year? Usually, you know, we're still just starting that slow burn to the Royal Rumble. But there was a major pay-per-view on January 1 and a lot of developments um, over this week. Uh, yeah, it's I'm exhausted already. <laughs> uh, you know, one great thing about the pay-per-view What's and that? my favorite thing about the pay-per-view, it was on a Saturday. Yeah, More- you know. And the Royal Rumble is going to be on Saturday too. It is. I um, I gotta say, I, I'm. I mean, I'm. You know, I we grew up like our generation grew up with Sunday nights mm-hmm. pay per views and whatnot. And you know, you uh, you know, you were kids. We were kids, so it's like the 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 recovery time to staying up late to watching a pay per view. You know was non-existent there was no need to recover <laughs> but <laughs> as we get older you know it's you know maybe i shouldn't have stayed up till 11 to to uh you know or or 10 30 to watch this this show or whatever but um so i gotta say like i am enjoying the saturday night shows oh because honestly and, all, and also i don't go out every saturday like 
I've really never been that guy to like go out every single Saturday and like be out and about. And, and especially nowadays, <laughs> yeah. COVID, like, you know, plus we're, um, old, we're old men in our thirties. Right. <laughs> days of, <laughs> you know, uh, for some, for most people club days, I was never really a club guy, but you know, the, those days are be our past, you know, I, I um, can enjoy a good night out of, at a, you know, a bar, you know, and that's fine. But um, again, I don't do that every weekend. So if there's a show for me to stay home and watch on a Saturday night, like I'm totally fine with that too. I mean, I do the same thing with, with UFC. Like I will watch pay-per-views on Saturday nights, um, you know? So if, if you're going to throw wrestling into that mix, um, I really don't mind. And then I've got Sunday to just relax the rest of the day and maybe talk about it with you, you know, whether through text or, or doing another recording or whatever. Um, and you know, one reason why I think they're moving to uh, Saturday pay-per-views because it's just easier to bring your kids. Mm-hmm. Like I can bring, if there's a pay-per-view in Houston, it starts at seven and it goes until, you know, 10 30 well, if we go down to the Toyota Center and it ends at 1030, we not, may not be home until 11, 1130. And right. that, that's easier to get through when, you know, the, he he's off on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So I like during like the school year, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved all their pay-per-views to Saturdays and then during the summer, go back to Sundays. Yeah, just because they're doing the they're running the star wars disney playbook you get them while they're young and you keep them forever right. would you move the two nights for wrestlemania back as well would you consider doing friday and saturday instead of saturday and sunday just with just going by that same logic that it's like easier to get the kids you know i would seriously consider it Mm-hmm. But they might think that it's WrestleMania, so it's a big enough name to where <laughs> the kids might have to suffer. Like you tell your teacher to go to WrestleMania, she might let you get away with that. <laughs> but uh, like I'm one off, <laughs> yeah. Like for WrestleMania, definitely. What I really think is going to happen is they're going to keep this two nights event. That mm-hmm. way, each event's only like instead of having one pay per view that's seven hours, if you have two, that's only three, three and a half hours. Even, you know, when they get off on that Sunday, they're not getting out, you know, like, uh, what was it, WrestleMania 35, people are leaving Jet, um, leaving the Jet Stadium, MetLife Stadium at like one in the morning. Right. Yeah, you don't have that problem. People are leaving at a respectful hour. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of the two nights as well. Mm-hmm. Just because the shows are just too long at this point. Yeah. You know, it's just the game has changed. You know, WrestleMania one, you could do it in two hours and boom, you you're done. But it's a bigger spectacle than ever. And I think what's more likely to happen is like, you know how all the wrestling promotions when WrestleMania comes, they also go into that city and do shows around it. Mm -hmm. What they're probably going to do is use that Friday for NXT. And it may not be in the in the same stadium. It may be somewhere smaller, but they're gonna treat it like, um, like those little, like a little indie place. They're like, "Hey, here are the guys that you need to know that will make the roster in the next two to three years." Mm-hmm. 
That's how I do with the Hall of Fame. Uh, Friday night or Thursday night, like the Hall of Fame, it really you could put on any night to be honest. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking about packaging it and making it a an actual real TV show, like on Peacock or you know getting on NBC or something, it'd be better if it wasn't on you know that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you're doing NXT and then two nights at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. yeah. So I probably you know make a whole not a whole week of it. In fact, if you're having rest, okay. So Monday, Monday Night Raw, Tuesday NXT, Wednesday, either Wednesday or Thursday. No, Wednesday do the um, Hall of Fame. Thursday you could do NXT, like a little trial promotion on that that uh, at the WrestleMania. Friday SmackDown, and then WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Just take over the entire week. Yeah. That's how I would do it. Like I would just be like, it's not WrestleMania weekend; it's WrestleMania week. Yeah, it's still amazing just how much goes on in that one week. You Mm -hmm. know, for not just WWE, but like you said, everybody else that brings some sort of show in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I'm WWE. I'm like, let's not only can we use that entire week to prop ourselves up we every if every company is around here doing shows we can send scouts out to look at those companies and see who we can bring in mm-hmm. and i think what WWE is going to do like with like young people like in their you know fresh out of uh high school college they're gonna go to nxt and they're gonna learn the ways like that but if they see someone on the indies that's like in their 30s or stuff they're probably just gonna straight shot them right to the main roster because more than likely that person already has a name they already have a brand and you don't want to waste time having them in nxt when they can make you money on the main roster yeah i mean they are they're not done signing independent guys outright, mm-hmm. but you know, they're, they're what they're doing. They're just scaling it back significantly. So yeah, somebody, there might be a bunch of guys with a lot of buzz, but maybe you only take one that has the most amount of buzz. And maybe for me, it's like, if I'm going to take a guy, I want to take the younger guys so I can have him and have the value for a longer time. I think WWE is done getting these, these indie guys who are in their mid thirties, because like, how long do you, can you have them for? How much money can you make out of them? And I know that sounds terrible to think of it that way, but this is a business. Mm-hmm. Like if you have someone who like Champ or Gargano guys who are in the, in their mid thirties and, <clears throat> and you bring it to the main roster, how much time do you have compared to a guy like Braun Breaker who's, who's in his early twenties? Right. Like that guy looks like a star, him, Carmelo Hayes, those guys. Like if either one of those guys came up after WrestleMania, you wouldn't be surprised at all. Like they looked apart. And that's why I think they're just going to like 
those older guys, they're either going to have to find the way to AEW or Impact. Like that pipeline to WWE is closed. I mean, mm-hmm. well, not all the way closed. It's like an artery. It's like 95% of the way closed. Yeah, it's much narrower. Mm-hmm. Na- narrower. But that's that's how it's going to be. I mean, if if what WWE says too, and they're looking for, they're looking at every superstar as the next possible rock, then um, they're going to get them young. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to be. But anyway, let's talk about the wrestling. Stop talking about business. Let's have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> Tired of being like the analytic nerd. We say that for baseball. Here, let's have some fun. So you watched um, day one. Yes. Uh, what was your favorite match of the night? Uh, day one. I mean, probably the main event, but it was just too short. I mean, that's the biggest gripe. I, well, second biggest gripe I have about it. Um, it might be... It also might have been the, the you know the opening match. I mean, you just can't go wrong with the Usos and, and the New Day. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, you know what? I, I'll I will pick completely opposite of what you will you you're probably gonna pick. Right. And I'm gonna say Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. That's the best match of the night. Are you all crack? <laughs> Here's why, because it wasn't a complete squash match. Mm-hmm. You know, question: Would it have been better if it was a complete squash match for Drew McIntyre for his stock? Yeah, I mean for the character, but I think it helped Madcap Moss, and I think, um, I don't think this is gonna. I don't think that match hurt Drew McIntyre. You know, even if he had lost somehow, like I don't think that hurts. But I think he. I think the way Madcap Moss lost the match, I think it still helped him because it wasn't a squash match like you you might expect. Um, and it re- he really got to go. I mean, he really got to show people that he can wrestle. Like he's not just some goofy character, but mm-hmm. like he's got a good look. He's, you know, he's the prototypical WWE superstar that, you know, you think of nowadays, but he can also go. I mean, he, he, he held his own against this guy, against a former world champ. And, um, uh, and you know, it was I wasn't like, oh, okay, you know, when is this match going to be over? I was like, okay, that, that was a really good match, actually. It wasn't bad, you know. Yeah, and then, um, you see, after the match, uh, Moss and Corbin beat up McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Sent him off to the old injured reserve. Apparently, he's been dealing with neck injury, neck issues for a while. Yeah, and it's finally got to a point where they had to check him out, or you know, if it's getting worse, they're probably losing him for you know, God knows how long. But um, yeah, between that injury, the Sasha Banks injury that we saw on the house show about a week ago, um, Jeff Hardy being released. Um, what's the name? Tony Storm being released because mm-hmm. she wanted to be just leave the country, leave the company. Excuse me. Um, the SmackDown side is looking pretty bare right now. <laughs> yeah, and Roman was out for you know the show. Yeah, he missed show because of a positive COVID test. Thank God he's healthy. But we 
after the draft, we said that the SmackDown side looked light when it came to challenges for Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And then you lose, like, I still believe that Drew McIntyre was the guy that they were planning for at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Give his moment because Drew hasn't had that WrestleMania moment yet. No. His big, his resume uh, win against uh, Brock Lesnar was in an empty P, uh, PC arena. Mm-hmm. And his match against Bobby Lashley for the title at last year. That's last year's resume, right? Yes. I can't remember. Time is a circle. Um, time is a concept created by man. It means nothing. Um, he didn't win, which was right. a shocker. So I thought he was going to get his moment this year dethroning uh, Roman Reigns, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. No, not at the moment. Maybe next year. I think. I don't know. Um, yeah. It, you know, I think, honestly, like you could say there's there's really not a strong challenger for either title on Raw or SmackDown. You think so? I can I make like, up a lot more strong challengers on Raw than I can SmackDown. Well, here's why I can't. Mm-hmm. Because they were all in the main event last weekend they've all lost i mean they're all but i can make an excuse like they lost because it's five men fighting each other and you get distracted mm-hmm. uh, i can make that excuse for you know biggie rollins kevin owens and um, bobby lashley like i can't see anybody on the smackdown side that can take on roman reigns and beat him No, I can't either. You saw what happened at the end of SmackDown last week, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so apparently his next challenger at the Royal Rumble is going to be Seth Rollins. Yeah. It's officially Seth freaking Rollins. Okay. It is. (laughs) Which, um, that's, I mean, yeah, that's a, uh, it's indicative of the strength of of challengers on, on SmackDown for sure. Um, but at the same time, like for raw, yeah, we're going to get Bobby and Brock, but then you could very well, the way they were, everything was being built up before Brock got involved. You probably could have had Lashley and Biggie still can, you know, um, still feuding. Mm -hmm. And it looked like they were building towards Seth and Kevin Owens becoming a tag team and moving on. Well, definitely. But that probably had to be changed because of um, what happened with um, uh, Roman Reigns COVID test. You put Brock Lesnar in the match. He wins the championship. Apparently rumors are, that Kevin Owens was supposed to, not Kevin, but uh, Seth Rollins was supposed to win. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that happens. Like, do they run KO versus Rollins at um, Royal Rumble or hold it to WrestleMania? Possible. I feel like I, mean, Do- I feel like Doctor Strange in Infinity War where he's looking into <laughs> all all the possibilities. He's like, that's right. <laughs> There's too much going on. I'm looking at the uh, SmackDown roster right now to see 
uh, just look at the men's side to see who hasn't been beaten by Roman Reigns and that you could actually put up as a champion. And it is. All right. Let's see. All right. You tell me how you feel about these people. <laughs> you ready? Okay. All right. Angel. No. Cesaro. He, he, he's already challenged. Um, that's a tough challenge though. He could, he could, he should have, it should have been a stronger challenge for Roman. It should have been a longer feud. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the problem with Cesaro is if the if they had Roman win by cheating, they could have had the feud go on a little bit longer. But Roman won decisively. So like once that happens, there's no need. No yeah, need to continue. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Drew Gulak. No. McIntyre's out. Eric. I'm already gonna say Eric and Ivar. No. Mm-mm. Happy Corbin. Um. We were talking off air that Happy Corbin's finisher in the days is the most protective finisher in all WWE. So, you know, all he has to do is hit it once. It's over. I mean, they've turned it into, they've turned him into a a comedy, you know, sort of like a, you know, borderline comedy act as well. So I don't see him being a serious enough challenger. And you've also got two heels facing each other. And I'll tell you this. Uh, going back to day one real quick. Mm-hmm. When you have two face teams facing each other, it just doesn't, it rarely works. And it didn't click, for me at least, with uh, Orton Riddle versus the Street Profits. I thought it was a boring match. Um, they respect each other too much. So there's like, nobody was kicking it into another gear to, you know, make it an intense match. Because all four of those guys can go, and all four of those guys can put on great matches and know how to be intense in the ring. But they all respect each other and like each other and are bros and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what you know? What, what's the motivation for either one? I'm going to be honest. Most of that match, I was paying attention to the Migos, pretending to care about that match. <laughs> right. Uh, but one thing so- I can say about that match is – Dawkins is doing everything he can to keep up with um, his partner. Right. And um, he's like, you're not going to Wally pimp me. You're not going to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Marty Gennetti? Yeah, you're not going to Gennetti me, okay? Uh-huh. We're eventually going to it, split. It may be animical. It may be, you know, I don't think they're going to betray each other. I think it's just going to be like the new day where they just do, do their own thing, but still come together as partners and everything. But it's like, yeah. When Montez Ford becomes the guy, I'm still gonna be here. Right. <laughs> like every time I see, him, I'm like, okay, that 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 guy definitely has a U.S. championship run in his future, mm-hmm. at the very least. Um, but yeah, that match, it's fine. We're everybody's just waiting for the eventual Orton versus Riddle match. And I like the I I, I brought up this idea before. That instead of Orton turning on Riddle, why not Riddle turn on Orton? Even though it's not, it's not in each other's uh, like, it's not. It doesn't feel natural mm-hmm. for that to happen. But I think it would be a, a good surprise. I think it would be, and it would be an interesting look at Riddle, like see what he can do as as a heel. 
you know, whether it's a guy, you know, as a guy who's just, you know, tired of, um, uh, who, who did everything he could to, to, you know, get this guy's respect and it still wasn't enough, you know, and then finally just snapping, like, I think it could work. I think it would be an interesting, you know, an interesting time for him. And just to see, you know, how the fans would react to that. Cause Orton is going to get cheered either way because mm-hmm. people love the, you know, love the, the bastard, you know, um, you know, legend killer and uh, you know, the Viper, you know, that they, they love Orton as a face or a heel. Like he's, he's done this some, you know, he's done it long enough now, you know, he's a, a household name for, you know, wrestling fans. And it's like, um, it, it, he's just an enjoyable character overall, good or bad. Um, what they're doing, the storyline is, is like, <laughs> It's obvious to me. It's big brother, little brother, mm-hmm. and I, I definitely see what you're talking about. Little brother just goes on a rampage and beats up the bigger brother because he's just frustrated. So yeah, I can see that story playing out. Yeah, and we we've seen that before in the past with the Steiners. I've seen that before in my personal life <laughs> as the older <laughs> as the older brother. Um... <laughs> but uh, pulling it all the way back because we did get off a tangent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of Corbin and Reigns. I mean, it would be a good match, but mm. I'm just, I guess I'm not a fan of heel versus heel, face versus face. But it's like, it just doesn't seem, I mean, maybe it would be better than a face versus face match mm. because it's like, if they don't respect each other, they're both going to do everything they can to, to win. So that, that maybe it could work, but, um, I don't know. All right. Well, I'm moving. I'm Humberto. No. Ivar. No. Jay or Jimmy. Um, the one who was out the whole time when this all started. That would have been Jimmy, I believe. I think that would be an interesting match because they've always hinted at that tension. Like there's, it's always been there from the very first time like he got involved like you could always go back to that and mm-hmm. yeah and then at the same time you you pit them both against uh jay Uso. so it's like where does his allegiance lie you know okay uh moving on gender mahal no not anymore kofi kingston yeah, I mean he's he's been there before. I think I think it was on the Mass Man show. It's like once you get the championship, it's it's always easy to put for Vince to put you back into the championship realm because mm-hmm. once it becomes a thing, once he sees it, he can believe it. Right. Uh, moving on, Mace. No, Macad Moss. No, Mansoor. No. no. Uh, Mustafa Ali. Man, Mustafa Ali had this great promo that WWE just just acts because I think it had something to do with the fact they're on Fox. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever saw it. 
He's where, put on so many good promos. <laughs> I, I I might have missed it. Yeah, it was, he put it on Twitter uh, where basically he comes out in a suit and he's like, you know, I I was born in America, but you know, people treat me different because I look the way I look and they sell yeah. me my, my name. Yeah, that promo. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, imagine like it might be too risque considering what channel, what network they're on. But man, sometimes I wish WWE would just let these guys do what they do. <laughs> All right, moving on. Rick Boogs. No. Ricochet. He'd make it interesting. Uh, man, I think of Ricochet and all I can think about that time Brock Lesnar just destroyed him <laughs> in uh, one of those Saudi blood money matches. Uh, Rich Ho- Holland? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's the, here's the money match. Roman Reigns versus Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sami Zayn? Um... It'd be an interest, it would be an entertaining program. I mean, it was looking like it was going to be an entertaining program. Yeah, Sami Zayn plus Brock Lesnar being Canadian buddies was, was fun. It was awesome. It, it kind of reminded me of um, when Corbin was broke. It's like, can we get another month of this? I think you're wrapping this up too quickly. <laughs> um, Shanky, no. Seamus. Uh, it would be hard hitting, but we've seen it already. It's time to move on from that. Like, yeah. And this is the one that I'm thinking of. Shinsuke Nakamura. It, it would be the freshest match because we've never really seen them go against each other um, for a prolonged period of time, at least. Um, and I think it would be a good way for him to distance himself from Rick Boogs, who makes him almost almost a comedy act. I think if he's on his own against Roman, I think that could be a really good program, a really hard-hitting program. What makes um, Nakamura almost a comedy act isn't Rick Boogs. It's Pac McAfee's reaction to Rick Boogs. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the last man on the SmackDown roster, Xavier Woods. I... I mean, we, we got very close. We got very close last month to it, to a full-length program. And between out of everybody, between him and Kofi, I think that would be the better program. Because, yeah, we have seen Kofi, and we have seen him. Uh, we've seen that he's got what it takes to be in a main event program. And we got a... a we got a, a, just a taste of, of seeing if Woods could be a main eventer. And I think he handled it really well. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think if you given a full program, I think he could turn a main event program into a great one. Maybe not win the title, but at least uh, have great matches, have, you know, great promos against him yeah and again you're establishing another main eventer potential Mm -hmm. main eventer for later on down the line for another time all right um let's go back to day one so you said your favorite match was that um mcintyre versus mad cat boss yeah i know it's it's i feel crazy saying it but um 
it was longer than the main event, <laughs> which was a great main event. Oh, I think every match was longer than the main event. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, everyone was. The main event was only eight minutes and 25 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Shorter than the uh, pre-show match even. <laughs> uh, but it still it was my favorite <laughs> match. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> they were just beating. They were just five guys who won the championship were just beating the holy hell out of each other. Could have gone for a little bit longer? Yeah. Would have been enjoyable? Probably so. But for that 825... You could not keep your eyes off the screen. And that's what a good main event does. Like, if it ends too early, you're disappointed. Like, that means it was a good match. Mm-hmm. If it was a terrible 8-minute and 25 match, you're not, like, you're not thinking, oh, man, I wish this match would have kept going. You'd be like, oh, thank God it's over. So that means it was, a, it was a great main event. Yeah. I mean, I'm disappointed that Big E lost, of course, but he was champion for, what, three months? Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dark horse match I really enjoyed was uh, Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan. Really? Yeah, it started off slow, but when it picked up, it picked up. When uh, Morgan did that springboard flip powerbomb Mm-hmm. On Becky, I was like, "Oh, okay, we got something here." <laughs> uh, I've been entertained by the by the matches, and, um, and for me, we always say we want WWE to create more stars, and then when they're like, "Okay, let's give Liv Morgan the chance with Becky Lynch and see what we got there," like people should enjoy it. I don't understand why people are mad about this. Like as soon as it happens, then people were like, "Oh, well, uh, Liv, uh, she's terrible on the mic, and she's not a good. She don't deserve this opportunity." It's like, well, what the hell do y'all want? Y'all say y'all don't want rematches, but then when we do something fresh and new, you bitch. I would agree, she's not great on the mic, but Mm -hmm. what she lacks on the microphone, she more than makes up for it in the ring. Yeah, and like, how else are you gonna get better at a task? Repetition. Mm. Yeah. Oh no, I like day one. It was a great pair for you. Um I, uh, I can't wait. I hope this is a um a recurring thing. Like Saturday keep, nights. Not only that, but like the pay-per-view for the first of the year. Yeah, it was cool. And it, you know, they the two championship matches that were originally booked, I mean, those are those are high level main event caliber matches. Mm-hmm. And then to basically combine them when one of the competitors falls out on paper, that that's, it's one of the best main events we've seen in a very long time, because those are five top names all in one match. You know, that's, that's huge. You rarely get that. Yeah. Anything else about the, ma- uh, about the card you want to talk about? No, no, it was good. It was a good way to start the year for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to uh, NXT New Year's Evil. Another mm-hmm. strong card. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the best things that happens with the NXT card is they're going to give you only four to five matches. 
and the the matches that makes most sense to be on the pay per view. It's not like oh, we gotta throw you know this the um tag team championship. We gotta throw it on here just because we gotta throw it on here. It's like no, we have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And all like these four matches, they were great. Um, like how much of how much have you seen? Uh, I've gotten through half of it, but I, I mean, I, I know all of the results. Oh. I just didn't have a chance to watch it like soon, so I saw the results pretty early. All right. So, um, Carmelo Hayes and Roderick Strong went to the mat. Uh, that's probably the best match of the night. Man, what a way to kick off the show! Yeah. Um, Carmelo Hayes is going to be a champion on the main roster sooner rather than later. The fact that he was able to hold his own for almost 25 minutes against a, a true veteran, you know, a guy who's been wrestling for over 15 years in, in Roderick Strong. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. And it's, uh, it's a huge win for him in terms of, like, the company entrusting him, entrusting him to go with a guy like Roderick Strong. Mm-hmm. Roderick Strong wrestles like every match is, uh, could possibly be his last. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't have an A-plus match, they're going to send him home with all this shit in a duffel bag. (laughs) I can't think of the last time I didn't... I haven't. The last time I saw him have a bad match. I can't even think of it. And Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, like... Trick Williams is the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) So is he lying in wait? Just, you know, what's going to happen between those two guys? I don't know. I think they're still... He's still in, um, like they're still training him up. Okay. Like they're, he's not where they want him to be on the mic, but he's where he wants. He's not where they want him to be in the ring, but he's so entertaining on the mic and ringside stuff like that. Like they, like they have to use him, right? But him and Hayes, they've been a perfect combination together. Um. Let's see, going through the rest of the matches, Riddle, MSK. Um, I wasn't 100% in on the whole Riddle being the shaman, and apparently that wasn't the original plan. Nope. Um, for using, for those of you not know, apparently Jeff Hardy was supposed to be the shaman. And um, how do you feel about what we're seeing, the, um, the synergy between the main roster and NXT? Like Brittle going down NXT, you got AJ Styles and Grayson Waller going back and forth right now. I think I think it's the right balance. Like you're not seeing them fight for the type for any like titles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going there to to give the rub to some of these younger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think AJ Styles should be going to NXT to lose to Grayson Waller. Um. And a win over Grayson Waller certainly doesn't help his stock either. I mean, he's just gonna be just one of the best wrestlers. Like, oh, you? Oh no, I think I think that he's known as a guy who sent Johnny Gargano out, and then also being the guy who beats AJ Styles on his first match in NXT. Like, he's I think he's just make him a, a even bigger heel. No, no, no. I'm talking about AJ Styles. I, I don't oh. think. I, I think. Win or lose doesn't really help AJ's or winning doesn't help AJ Styles. Um, and I don't think you send him down there to lose. Or I don't think you should. Um, 
I, I'm thinking like, if you're AJ Styles, what else do you have to do in this company besides help the younger talent? Mm-hmm. He already said this is, yeah, I think this one or his, this next contract is going to be his last contract. Yeah. You won all the titles. You put on the five-star matches and everything. Like, helping uh, Waller be an even bigger, you know, moneymaker in the future mm-hmm. or even, like, next couple of months, that'd be great for um, AJ Styles. Yeah, I mean, all the – all of the um, advantages go to Grayson Waller in this one because it's like if he wins, if he gets the win, then he's he's you know yeah he's one of the top heels for sure. If he loses, it doesn't really hurt him either because he should have probably should have lost that match against a veteran like AJ Styles. It just shows that he still needs work to do, but it's not necessarily gonna. It's not. Uh, it's almost an honor if you lose to someone like AJ Styles. Yeah, he really just needs to hold to as long as he holds his own, he's good. Um, going back to New Year's Evil, um, the only match that I had an issue was was the uh, triple threat match for the women's championship: Mandy yeah. Rose, Cora J, and Raquel Gonzalez. And the biggest thing with me is like the way they play. Um, Raquel Gonzalez is not the way that she's perceived. Like they keep playing her like this baby face. Um, like this just bleh, oh, let me try it again. They play her off as a baby face, but the fact that she's like two, like a foot taller than all the women, like it just doesn't play right. Like she should be like that monster heel that just comes through and destroy every everybody. Right. Yeah, and she was for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they turned her face against uh, Dakota Kai and have left her there. And it's like, it's not working. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I told you, when I watched the match and the crowd were having was having the competing chants, uh, they were chanting for Mandy Rose and Cora J. There was no Raquel Gonzalez chant to be heard of. And that's a it's- problem when you're one of your biggest baby faces can't even get over with this crowd. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh- it's, you know, it's part of pro wrestling. A heel goes face and a face goes heel and they go back and forth at times. Like, that's fine. I mean, I have no problem with that. That's why we watch pro wrestling. Part one of the reasons why we watch pro wrestling. But at the same time, one of the biggest mistakes that is oftentimes made in pro wrestling is the timing of the turn. Mm-hmm. And they didn't give Raquel a long enough run as a heel um, as a heel champion uh, she didn't get a long enough run to establish herself as a heel to show that he, she can handle that role and then um, yeah it just it just felt sudden when they when they turned her I don't know. They just let her be the hill that beats everybody else up. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what the plan is. You know, she'll turn on Cora J. But right now, it's, there's no connection. Like you were, talk, you were talking about earlier, like wrestlers going between healing, healing phase and it happens because wrestling. And you can turn whatever, but if you turn and the crowd's not with you, 
you're never going to get that reaction. So you're just going to be floating in limbo. And it's like, no matter what they do, like the crowd's not going to respond to you because they don't see you that way. See the past couple of years with Roman Reigns. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Manny Rose keeps her championship. Um, Honestly, it wasn't like, it was a fine match. It's fine. Just not match of the night. It's definitely the worst match of the night, which, like, I don't mean to be rude or anything, but it was. Um, And then last last match, Braun Breaker uh, finally wins the NXT championship using the Steiner recliner. Woo! Holler if you hear me. Yeah. I like how they do all the references to the Steiners without calling him the Steiner. Oh, you mean like bringing out his father into the ring after the show? <laughs> yes. And like <laughs> putting it on uh, WWE, like their social media accounts so you can see it. Like, and like everything. I, yeah. Like I, I understand why they did, why they, why they chose that name for him. And um, you know, license, you know, um, yeah. trademarking stuff like that. But the how far they're going to be like, yeah, he's Braun Breaker. Wink, wink. That's his last name. I think um, uh, Champa during a promo called him the big bad booty nephew. Yes. Is <laughs> that like you guys are just playing around with? Uh, uh it's funny to me. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, and the bulldog that he did off the top rope near the end mm-hmm. of the match was like the Steiner, one of the Steiner's finisher moves. Yep. Um. Yeah, I just the homages are are it's fun. It's like mm-hmm. if you if you didn't know, it's still entertaining and fun. But if you know, it's like it's like like when we watch Marvel movies and we see something. In the background, like because we we read the comic books, we know the show was like, oh, oh, that means something. But if you don't, you still can enjoy it. That's what it feels like watching Braun Break. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's clearly a uh, the old era is over. It's mm-hmm. out with the old and with the new, and um. I don't necessarily like the way they've gone about it because it's basically they saw this opportunity of Triple H having a heart attack or a cardiac event, whatever you want to call it. And they decided, okay, now's the time because it seems like they started these sweeping changes as soon as it happened. Like there's no, there's no one in their way to, to, uh, to resist it, you know, to, you know. Hey, I think these changes were happening whether he was in charge or not. Yeah, but if he's there, there's going to be some resistance. And uh, yeah, people say he resistance and Triple H doesn't ever, he wants an NXT, blah, blah, blah. This man is still in control of everything. Sure. He's the high boss. He's on the high chair. So these changes were going to come and I, like for me, I think it's I think it's great. Like once it became obvious they couldn't contend with AEW, you know, and what they do is like, what's the point of doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's and, you know, there's and, and nothing wrong with going back to 
what it was supposed to be, which was developmental, which was creating new stars for, you know, the future. And that's what it's all was all about. Like I said earlier, they want to get the next rock, the next stone cold, the next Lita, the next Trish Stratus. That's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And that's what the development, that's what NXT all that's what it was before mm-hmm. Triple H came and it came to black and gold and a third brand and everything. And that's honestly what it needs to be. Like it's great to have all these these indie wrestlers doing these amazing tricks on on AEW, I mean um, NXT, and it's entertaining everything. But the bottom line is, if you're Vince McMahon, how much does that help you grow your product? Right. Like these people, they don't come up that often, and even if they do come up, they're like half of the time they get mi- mixed up because Vince has no idea what's happening down there. Now with Vince paying attention, guys getting you know like Sarah Grayson Waller, they're getting the chance to come up and have a little rub on the main roster. There's more cohesion, and there's a great chance that they're going to hit on some of the on these guys and gals being the next legends. Like that third brand stuff is great for a small thing, a small uh, company, but you know, you're WWE, you want to keep growing. Yeah. Like, (laughs) no, I mean, it's, it's necessary. It's Mm -hmm. um, to quote uh, or sort of to quote, well, I mean, almost in the words of, of the undisputed area era, it really, it's just really a shock to the system. Like, we got so used to NXT as the indie show, like a great indie show and, you know, all good things have to come to an end. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was net, you know, eventually they were going to have to do something to prepare for the future and to start rebuilding new stars. Yeah. And I went, Twitter is just a cesspool. But when I go in there, I see people complain about it. It's like, are you complaining because it's bad? Or are you complaining because it's not what you wanted? Right. Because by all accounts, it's not bad. Ron Breaker is not a bad character. He's a guy that looks like he's he's got what it takes. Um, what WWE side they look at AEW and what was AEW have? It has great wrestlers, but honestly, there are a lot of guys that have the same damn character. Mm-hmm. And WWE is like, well, what we're gonna do? We're gonna develop characters, and as long as they're B B plus in the ring, we got something. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they've done with guys like Carmelo Hayes, Roderick Strong, um, MSK, Imperium. Uh, Braun Breaker, and there's a bunch of other guys in the roster I haven't named yet that I've been enjoying. Yeah. Like, these aren't bad characters, and they're not bad wrestlers. They're just new. <laughs> yeah. And there's, uh, you know what? I get that. I get um, accepting change is never easy. Like, <laughs> you know what I found out? <laughs> accepting change that you don't control. It's mm. never easy. If you but, quit, if you find another job and you quit your job, that's easy. Getting fired, hard. 
So people have a difficult time accepting change they're not and they're not in control of. So when Vince comes down, like, okay, we're going back to developmental and we're developing characters to help us in the main roster. So 10 years from now, we aren't still trying to run Randy Orton out here. Mm-hmm. people are complaining about it. but it's like they're doing the correct thing if you want to see all that flippy shit and all that you know the six five five six seven star wrestling you can go to aw watch on wednesday but if you want to see good characters and you know good wrestling you watch wwe and honestly watch them both because the wrestling isn't bad none of it's bad it's, it's not bad. different that's all it's just new that's all it is i mean carmelo hayes like we talked about earlier, put on a great match against Roger, a veteran. Prove that he could hang with a veteran. Braun Breaker has all the tools, it looks like. He's got the pedigree and the tools that, that are needed to be a big star. Um, Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez, I think, has all the tools. You know, whether it's working right now or not, I think, again, I think that's just a Part of that is just the timing of changing her character. But everything she does in the ring, I think, is good. I think it's not its not something that um, uh, it's got people scratching their heads. Like, what, she doesn't know what she's doing. She has no idea what's going on in it. I mean, she's a good performer. All these characters are really good performers. It's just getting used to these new characters. That's it. Yeah, and last, um, not last night, but the pay-per-view, they didn't have two of my favorite wrestlers on there. Pete Dunne mm-hmm. and Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> and Tony D'Angelo is nothing but character, but it's such a fucking awesome character. I love it. Well, you'll get it this weekend, this week yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah. Wait, can we... <laughs> Like we are not here for all the, the, the seven thousand super kicks and all those flippy, super flippy shit, <laughs> and that's okay. Unless well, you're rich, no. Uh, but we see how far that's gotten. Joe Button. Every time, oh. he, goes, every time he goes, he goes it's free. My girlfriend calls him Joe Button with a six pack. Oh, <laughs> I can't do nothing but laugh. All right. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about, um, honestly, before we get out of here, because uh, how much more time? I got about 15 more minutes. Okay. And honestly, I don't I don't want to talk about the AEW's big swole stuff. Quick um, if you know, you know, my quick summary is like when someone comes out and says like your company may have a problem with race and women, you should probably shut up and not go on Twitter and try to say that they can't do their job and that's why you got rid of them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so last thing we'll talk about the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Johnny Knoxville is going to be in the men's Royal Rumble. <laughs> I think if anybody that um, that comes out that comes from the outside, that's like a celebrity or whatever, or mm-hmm. you know, some out some other form of entertainment. Uh, if ever there was anybody suitable for that match, it's, it's that guy because <laughs> whether they do it or not they could do they could literally toss that guy 100 <laughs> feet out of the ring <laughs> yeah and you know it would be an incredible spot because that's what that guy does and also this like I've already seen people complain about celebrities and everything it's like this is when the celebrities come into 
WWE when Royal Rumble to WrestleMania season. Mm-hmm. This is the celebrity portion. And, and like, you can't be mad because that's always what wrestling's done, even at the first WrestleMania. Yeah. Like they always have built on. Yeah, they always have celebrities show up. It's, not, it's nothing new. Uh, but yeah, it, that's going to be entertaining. Um, one other thing I want to talk about uh, the role on the women's side. Um, Mickey James is back. They've opened the forbidden door. And not only they announced her as the Impact World Champion. Mm-hmm. So if this is true and WWE has decided to play nice with others, like, like I know it's, let's, it's a small step. Let's not, you know, go too crazy, but. Yeah, we're not getting uh, Reigns versus Paige anytime soon. No. Um, uh, Kenny Omega is not walking through that door. Like, I, if, I, if I had to guess, I'd say that WWE is more open to working with Impact and maybe New Japan. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if any wrestlers who were released from Ring of Honor showed up. Right. But I think... Because they, they can. I mean, they... Yeah, they go they, anywhere. They're like, I think no restrictions this, on there on them right now. Yeah, so I think this would be the perfect time for that to happen, you know, at the Royal Rumble. Like, everyone's going to be excited. Anything could happen. And honestly, like, the women's side kind of needs it. Yeah, because it's going to be the same people that you always see. Mm-hmm. And also, also, we have no idea who's going to make it to the Royal Rumble because of COVID. Right. It's like everybody that's ever been in it has to be ready because you might just get the call to be a surprise, surprise entrant number five mm-hmm. and surprise entrant number 11 and surprise entrant number 12. It's like, hey, can you uh, show, hey, mankind, do you have all your um your outfits ready to go? Because we may need you for three spots. Oh, my God. That might that actually might kill him and the business if that happens just because. <laughs> He, I, no I'm joking. I don't do think it. I. I don't think he could be medically cleared, <laughs> like honestly. ever, ever I th- again. God, God, I think he was supposed. They tried to get him to have a match with some with Dean Ambrose, but mm-hmm. they couldn't get him cleared for it. And that was, whew, I want to say, five, six years ago. I believe so. But yeah. Um. So, who do you have winning? Man. Let's start with the women's. Let's start with the women's. God, it feels like it's going to be Charlotte. You think so? Because I have two interests, two people that I think are going to be in the um, Royal Rumble who we haven't seen in a long ass time. Mm -hmm. First one is Asuka. Right. And the second one is another woman who took 2021 off to have a baby. Oh, right. uh, Lacey Evans. Yes. Man. <laughs> you forgot about her, didn't you? Almost, yeah. I Almost. forgot about her be- until I saw a post of hers on Instagram uh, showing her workouts. Like, oh, yeah, you still work there. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, who's your top three? Um, 
And how the hell is Charlotte Flair in this match if she's the champion? Right. That's why it's it's kind of hard to think that she's not going to win because they made they centered this like with the the men's rumble. It's always like every week you get a couple of guys here and there that are, that are mm-hmm. being announced, and they used her to just just announce everybody, and they used they they centered it around her announcing herself as a competitor in it so that's a pretty big deal i think yeah out of 30 spots they've already announced 19 competitors in the women's world rumble yeah and you take you took away the surprise elements of the bella twins of lita of mickey james to include it in her own her big announcement so Mm -hmm. i mean off the bat, it looks like she might be the favorite to win. Um, but maybe Sasha, maybe the Sasha Banks injury report is uh, is a red herring. And she pulls a John Cena and could come back and win. She's supposed to be out for six to eight weeks and the Rumble's in three weeks. Man, I don't know. I saw that injury. That did not look <laughs> like something you fake because she <laughs> went down as soon as it happened. Uh, so give me your top three. Charlotte, Sasha, okay. and um, I'm going to say Lita. I feel like they might get desperate and need like a legend to challenge for the title at WrestleMania. If that happens, I think I Trish Stratus. Yeah, but she hasn't been announced yet. So I'm, I'm just thinking I, about the ones that have been announced. Oh, I'm oh well, thinking, Sasha hasn't been announced either. So yeah. I'm just thinking about anybody like Charlotte Flair versus um, uh, Trish Stratus. Mm-hmm. That's somebody, man. But I'm going to try to keep it to wrestlers that are actually signed to WWE. So if I had to pick three, I probably would pick Asuka. I just thought about it. I'm picking former winners. I, because I was going to say Oscar and then um, Bianca Belair. Because mm-hmm. I feel like those are like Bianca Belair going back against Becky Lynch, getting her title back. And then Oscar, like, you can always shoot her to the moon in time. And then. And then they, I think my therapy would be Naomi. It would be the ultimate story because it would be there's no there's no way that management can stop her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, she puts on great matches. She has great in ring ability. And uh, yeah, it would just be, it would be a fresh match for for WrestleMania. So my three in the men's side. Oh boy, that is a tough one. I would say Drew McIntyre until he got hurt. Yeah. I think my number one right now is Big E. I like it. I like that idea. I think my top three, I think, would be Big E in mm-hmm. no particular order, but Big E, KO, because oh, yeah. he resi- just mm-hmm. resigned. Agreed. 
Those, and, those were the two I was thinking of. So we're in the same place. And Damian Priest. I think he's earned enough of their trust. The way he handled the Bad Bunny program last WrestleMania. Um, the fact that he's pretty popular right now, even with the dumb Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde gimmick that they're doing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you're always trying to build new stars. And even though he's 38, I think he's got a window where he can, you can still utilize him and he could be, you know, he could be a stopgap until Ron Breaker, until Grayson Waller, until those NXT, you know, Carmelo Hayes, those NXT guys are ready to start making that come up. I think he's got enough time left where if you're going to make him a big star, it's got to be now. Can't be in two or three years when he's already 40. And might be on his way out anyways. I'm so mad. Could you pick the three guys I was going to pick? I swear really? to Yes, I swear to God. I was like, I was thinking, oh, he won't name Damian Priest. He's not even thinking about it. He named him the third guy. I was like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. Um, yeah, I'm with you with all three guys. Ah, oh, man. Um, Rollins is always a contender. Mm-hmm. But he's already won. Mm-hmm. Well, has it yeah he won because he took on Brock Lesnar correct yeah you know what that's a very good question just double check mm-hmm. uh, yeah he won 2019 okay so it wasn't crazy Um, God damn, I picked all the former winners <laughs> for the win. Um, yeah, you pick guys. I was gonna say, man, I can't pick anybody on SmackDown. Well, of course, the rules are you get to choose whoever you want to, you want everyone to face, so that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good way to get someone on Raw over the SmackDown. If, like, if you wanted to get, like, say, Big E, and then you could run that whole Bloodline versus New Day feud again. Which, really, I'm... It never should have stopped. It should have kept on going. It should have had the three-on-three match at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah... I agree with you. Big E, KO, and Damian Priest. That would be my three as well. So, of course, since we all picked those, we both picked those three, there's no way either one of them are going to win. <laughs> that's how it works. <sighs> all right. Anything else, my friend? That's all I've got. All right. Yeah. Same here. We'll get back on these podcasts and streets. We'll r- run these streets. <laughs> Hopefully soon we'll be able to get back up to two a week. Yeah. And uh, the weekend's always one. Just tell me what day works Monday through Friday for you. We'll get on that. Sounds good. All right. So we're going to get out of here. Anthony, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Again, happy new year. Year. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Stay safe out there. Get tested. Get vaxxed. Uh, Wear your mask. Um, 
do everything you can to stay healthy. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. And we'll be back next week with another entertaining podcast for you guys. For Anthony, I'm DeQuincy. Latest.